My name is John Pickard. Uh, I'm a senior lecturer in the Department of Music in the Victoria Rooms, and I conduct the University Symphony Orchestra. Hey, pleased to meet you. I'd just like to talk a bit about the uh, building, this wonderful building, the Victoria Rooms. It strikes you just as you uh, go up from the Triangle towards the Union or White Ladies Road. It's quite an impressive building. Do you know when it actually dates from? Yeah, it was built in the, um, in the early 1840s. And uh, it was built as public assembly rooms. Uh, as you say, it's a very imposing building, massive sort of neoclassical facade at the front, and um, statue of Edward VII gazing out, and the incredible fountain in front of the, the Tory rooms. And anybody who's walking past, uh, on the way back to Halls of Residence, for example. It's worth just pausing to have a look at that fountain. Uh, you know, people pass it every day and never give it a second uh, second glance. It really is a fantastical thing, uh, made out of bronze and involving all sorts of sea creatures, seals, mermaids, octopuses, uh, turtles, all kinds of things, or, if you're lucky, spouting water. And that's all original from when building. Mm. Yeah, grade. yes, yes. We have some prints. Of, uh, of the building in, in its use in the 1840s. Uh, they're dotted around the corridors of the, uh, the Victoria Rooms surrounding the auditorium in which we're currently sitting. And you'll see horses and carriages drawing up to the front underneath the portico with the, uh, with, with the uh, Doric columns. So it was used as assembly rooms, so that was what, for the um, local council? Um, yeah, it was public assembly rooms to begin with. Um, the the building was um, quite the, the auditorium, the, the heart of the building was quite different to the design from the one we're sitting in now. Uh, it had a gallery and it had um, steep rake seating where the stage now is, and it had a, a, a very in, uh, impressive organ. And it was used for concerts and uh, readings and, and so on. Uh, as you come into the building, if you turn left, uh, you just look to the left in the foyer, you'll see a blue plaque commemorating uh, the various performances that Charles Dickens gave here, first as a young actor in the 1850s and then later on as a famous novelist reading from his works. Mm. Uh, and the great and the good performed here. Uh, there were various important uh, musical figures of their day, including a soprano called Jenny Lind, who was a Swedish singer. She was known as the Swedish Nightingale. She was the most famous, possibly the most famous uh, soprano of the 19th century. And so that was the use of the, um, of the rooms, up to just after the turn of the century. And then the Victoria rooms were purchased from the Bristol Council um, by uh, the Wills family and donated to the university, and that was when they became used as uh, student union building. Mm. Of course, uh, the student union has uh, since moved out quite a little while ago to uh, a separate building. To somewhat yeah. less grand premises than, yes. uh, than these. This must be about the grandest student union anywhere in Britain. <laughs> yes. Less grand and perhaps more spacious. I can't imagine that there's a huge amount of room for a modern student union building. In this building, it is a vast building, but it has a, a rather limited number of rooms. The rooms tend to be rather huge, uh, but it has been variously used for 
sporting events as well as concerts. I mean, it was famously used for dances. In fact, the auditorium where we're sitting actually has a sprung floor. There's a mechanism that you can uh, that, that you can activate, um, and it removes some of the uh, supports under the floor so that the wooden floor is suitable for ballroom dancing. Uh, and then some of the other rooms around it were used for sports. There was one I think used for badminton and so on. Um, during the war, this was a very interesting period for the, uh, for the building, uh, the BBC Symphony Orchestra, which is based in London, was evacuated to Bristol some of the time. And they broadcast quite a bit from, from here during the war. Uh, they tried various other means of broadcasting, and one of the most peculiar attempts actually concerned the, um, the Clifton Rocks Railway. Now, the Clifton Rocks Railway was shut in the 1930s, uh, and it's, it's the, um, it's, it, it runs right down the rocks from uh, the hotel just next to the suspension bridge, down to the portway. And um, inside the rocks are uh, lots of passageways and so on. And uh, the war office, they were looking to evacuate that if, if London was ever invaded. And so the war office would have moved into the Clifton Rocks. But also, the BBC tried broadcasting the orchestra from inside the rocks. They found it was acoustically very good, but they couldn't get the signal out. <laughs> so uh, they ended up using here to, uh, to broadcast the orchestra. So that was what happened during the Second World War. Almost a sign of things to come. Absolutely, yeah. So, the, during the war, it was used for various purposes, and then it went back to being the Students' Union afterwards? That's right, I think so. One important thing that had intervened was that in 1935, I believe it was, there was a catastrophic fire, and it wrecked most of the building, particularly the auditorium, and all the original... Uh, Designed everything, the organ and all the seating were just completely burnt. And so the, the the stage and the proscenium arch that we now have and all the the decor in here date from the 1930s. And it has to be said, there's been very little investment since then. And that's why the, um, the stage is in such a terrible state. Uh, and uh, there are plans we hope in the next few years for it to be completely remodeled. Well, as it stands, if uh, somewhat degraded, quite a unique example of a uh, 1930s interior in a much older building. Precisely, yeah, and that's one of the peculiar things about it, is that when you walk around the buildings, there's sort of shotgun marriage of all sorts of different styles, and some of them dating from the 1980s, and then it's the little most Victorian. So it's, a, it, it's an interesting, peculiar building, and of course, um, when the music department moved here from the Royal Court House, when Dad grew the Royal Court House in the late 1990s, for the first time the department was able to do everything under one roof. So not just the, um, the academic work, but the rehearsals and concerts of all the various ensembles can all take place in here, which is enormously helpful because as well as an auditorium, we have a substantial recital room that seats about 200 people. The auditorium seats about 620. So that's the current use of the building. I didn't realise that the music department had only been here since the 90s. Mm, it's only been here about 10 years. Mm -hmm. Less than 10 years, I think. 
So what was it used for after the students' union moved out? Because that the union building, as it currently is, has been there quite a lot longer than the 90s. That's right, yeah. It was, um, it was used for various functions. I mean, it was mainly used as a conference centre. And, uh, and so it was a multi-usage kind of building. And uh, we have an extraordinary number of bars here. There must be about three or four bars. Uh, and that reflects the fact that you know, the, the, the place was being used to house conferences, not just academic ones, but rented out uh, commercially. And that's still the case to some extent, uh, particularly during the vacation. And you get all kinds of events going on here which have nothing to do with music. You get recruitment uh, and, uh, and conferences of, uh, of, of all kinds. Yes. So it's a, it's a multi purpose building. Well, of course, if you've got any old building, you've got to have a use for it and you make your money from it somehow, but then it doesn't pay for itself. Exactly, and it is a very expensive building to maintain. Um, anything that's as old as this place, I mean, it's over 170 years old, the, um, the cracks are starting to show, literally, mm-hmm. and any work on this place is phenomenally expensive. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's the building itself, we've been through some of the historical uses of it, now bring us right up to date, what, what's been happening in the department fairly recently, and for that matter, what's happening in the short term future? Well, in the department, we, um, we have a tremendous series of concerts. There are Wednesday lunchtime concerts during term, uh, 1.15 till 2 o'clock, uh, which are free to anybody to come, uh, students, staff, members of the public. Um, that, those concerts are, are free, and it's a wonderful series. And also we have a range of evening concerts involving the various student ensembles. Some of them are conducted by members of staff like me, some of them are conducted by students. For example, the chamber orchestra and chamber choir are both conducted by, uh, by students. The uh, symphony orchestra and the university singers are both conducted by members of staff. And then there is the choral society as well. Uh, choral Society rehearses every Thursday night from 6 till 7.30. Anyone can join. Uh, there's no audition. And as far as the university orchestra is concerned, that is an audition orchestra made up of players from all over the university. This year we have 28 different departments represented. It's an orchestra of about 90 players, just, just over 90 players. And uh, 70% of the orchestra consists of non-music students. So we're very proud of the fact that we involve everybody, you know, people from every faculty in the university uh, is involved with music making here. And uh, as you can probably hear from uh, the noises around us, we have a rehearsal uh, for our concert on Saturday evening, which uh, consists of two pieces, uh, Martinez Third Symphony, Czech composer, and the Russian composer Shostakovich's Fifth Symphony. We'll be a bit rough around the edges to start with because we've got quite a bit more rehearsal to do before the uh, Saturday. It's a fantastic orchestra this year. I'm uh, ever so pleased with how it's been going. And uh, I think we'll do a great concert on Saturday. After I talked to John Picard, I hung around and listened to a section of the rehearsal of Shostakovich's Fifth Symphony. Uh, here is the final movement, which you'll be able to hear... 
all of together with the rest of the piece and Martini's third symphony at the concert tomorrow evening.